0: Genesis chapter 1, I want to just read the first two verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters." The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. So just those two verses. And then let's skip over to Genesis chapter, or excuse me, Psalm 139. And I'm going to start reading in verse 7. The psalmist says, I can never escape from your spirit, talking to God. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together Wow. So we've got Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. The earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of thee. But the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then... The psalmist says, I can never escape that same spirit, that same spirit that was there before creation. I can never escape that same spirit. And the same spirit that dwelled over the darkness before creation, that same spirit dwelled in the darkness of your mother's womb and was there with you. Father, would you bless the reading of your word this morning? And Lord, would you help us to discern your word? God, It is not my desire that I give a good speech. It is my desire that I speak and preach your word that brings transformation and hope and healing to people's lives. That is our desire today. Speak, Holy Spirit. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. So I'm kind of in just this emphasis of of the Lord is taking us to the school of the Spirit. And and what we're doing is we just wanna learn all we can in school about the Holy Spirit and not just learn about the Holy Spirit, but, but learn from the Holy Spirit. Because last week we looked at that the Holy Spirit, He is our helper. He is our teacher, and He is our friend. He is our helper that comes alongside of us, and and He was sent by the Father and by the Son to come and and, and be the one to walk alongside us. That word advocate, or that word uh, paraclete that that Jesus talks about. He's another comforter. He's another helper. He's another advocate that's going to come and walk through life with you. And then Jesus says, and as He's walking with you, He will remind you of all the things I have taught you and he will always guide you into truth because he's a good teacher. And so when he he comes, he doesn't just come and just kind of stay silent. He comes and he speaks and he nudges our heart and he speaks to our spiritual ears and he leads us and he teaches us and he reminds us about who Jesus is. And he reminds us who we are in Christ if we are in Christ. And then he's our friend. He just sticks with us. Aren't you thankful that the Holy Ghost is your friend? That you don't have to walk through life alone. That I, I said last week, because he's your friend, you're never helpless. And because you're never helpless, then things are never hopeless, right? And so we're, we're growing in this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And at the altar last week, we prayed a few things. We prayed that the Holy Spirit would help us. We prayed that the Holy Spirit would teach us something. And we prayed that the Holy Spirit would take us to a deeper level of friendship with him. And so I hope that this past week that started with you, I hope it did. That it stuck with you. That I, I, I'm not just going to work on Monday by myself. The Holy Spirit is with me in the car on the way to work, and He can get me prepared for whatever the devil's going to try and throw at me Monday morning. Come on. This is the kind of friendship you and I can have with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe it's, you know what? I know what's waiting on me when I get home from work. Work is actually the easy place. It's home that's tough. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit is your friend, and he was in the house before you got there, and he's got the ability to teach you how to handle that situation, what to say to your spouse, your kids, what not to say to your spouse, your kids, give you wisdom and discernment and how to create a healthy and happy. Happy be home because he is your friend, he's your helper, and he's your teacher. Now this week, I just want to talk to you for a few moments about the creative spirit. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit as creator. You know, I think a lot of times we we think of the Holy Spirit as just kind of showing up in the New Testament. We think of, well, you know, the Holy Spirit came in the New Testament and people did kind of strange things under the uh, influence of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit we kind of think of as a book of Acts and onward kind of thing. But actually, the Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning. We believe in the Trinity. We believe that there that God exists eternally, one God in three persons. I don't have time to go into all of that today. We can talk about it later, but in other words though, if we believe that, then that means that the spirit of God is co-eternal with God the Father and God the Son. The Spirit wasn't created. The Son wasn't created. The Spirit didn't just show up one day. The Spirit has always been. The Holy Spirit is God. And if God is our creator, then the Holy Spirit is our creator. And we see that in the Scripture. We see in Genesis chapter 1 that the Father looks down, and all there is, is one translation calls it, uh, utter chaos, calls it an inky blackness, that, that there is really nothing there but but nothing. And it's chaos and, and maybe water involved somehow, and, and, and we don't quite understand all of what it means there, but but somehow in the midst of all the darkness, in the midst of all the chaos, before God's word came and brought order to it, and before God's word came and created something, before that happened, the Holy Ghost was there. The Holy Spirit was there. And and I just hear the Lord saying, the Holy Spirit is attracted to your darkness and your chaos. And he is there in the middle of it. And if you will invite the Holy Spirit into your darkness, if you will invite the Holy Spirit into that chaos, sooner or later, he'll speak and he'll bring order to the chaos and he'll bring light to the darkness. Because the Holy Spirit... Creates. He was involved in creation. We we kind of think of you know God is like this bearded man, you know, because we see the old medieval paintings, a bearded man with a lightning bolt in his hand, and and he just kind of speaks. And he God the Father is doing it all on his own, but actually the Son, the Father, and the Spirit were all involved in this act of creation, and God was working, and God was doing something, and the Holy Spirit was involved in it from the very beginning. He has always been, and He always will be. Psalm 104 verse 30 says, when you, God, sent forth your spirit, they, and it was talking about the world, it's talking about the created order, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. See, His Spirit comes, and wherever the Spirit comes, new things are happen. Wherever the Spirit comes, order is brought to chaos. Wherever the Spirit comes, light is brought to darkness. Wherever the Spirit comes, words come where there had been silence before. See, the Holy Spirit, He is active, and He's creating, and He's doing things, and He was there from the very beginning. He is a creative Spirit. This is why when we talk about people who were creative, we use words like... um inspiration that word inspiration literally means god's breath god's spirit is on them because because the holy spirit is creative and he gave you your gifts of creativity he gives people the his gift. remember last week when i talked to you about bezalel and aholiab you all remember those guys in exodus that they were given the gifts to build and craft and and do the artistry and do the do the carpentry and do the the intricate detail work to create the tabernacle and and god said i'm going to fill them with my holy spirit so that they can create my vision that i've given them and so the holy spirit is involved in creation and he is a creative spirit And he even gives his spirit to us to help us be creative. If you are a creative person, you are specially gifted by the Holy Spirit as an artist, as a writer, as as a photographer, as a musician. You are gifted with that because God's spirit has given you that gift because he creates. Are you following me this morning? So if the Holy Spirit creates then it would serve to reason and stand to reason that the Holy Spirit, listen, created you. The Holy Spirit created you. And that's what the psalmist is getting at in Psalm 139 when he says, I can't go anywhere from your spirit. He says... If I, if I climb the highest mountain, your spirit is there. If I go into the grave, your spirit is there. If I go to the furthest uh, extent of the ocean, your spirit is there. If I'm in utter darkness, your spirit is there. And then he says, you know what? I think even before I was born, your spirit was there in my mother's womb. I think, I believe that even... At the moment of conception, God's spirit was there in my mother's womb. And I love the the imagery. And his spirit was working to knit you together into the unique, precious individual that God created you to be. He says, you you were there and you oversaw every bit of my development. Every bit. I remember the first time we saw an ultrasound of Ainsley. We got an early ultrasound and there was nothing there but a peanut. There was no eyes, there was no head, there was no, there was a little heartbeat. I think there was nothing there but a blob on the screen. And I was thinking, I was reading that, but you know what? There was so much more than that blob on the screen there because the Holy Spirit was there. And the Holy Spirit was there in those early days, forming my child and making my child and knitting my child together. And the Holy Spirit created you in your mother's womb. And I want to tell you something here no matter the circumstances of your birth or conception whether your parents were married or not, whether it was even consensual or not, whether it was planned or not, whether it was something that was desired by your mother or father or not, no matter the circumstances, I want you to know the Holy Spirit was involved from the very beginning. Even if they didn't know it, even if they didn't, it didn't happen in the right way and in, in the confines of marriage, even if it started with a sinful act between a man and a woman who weren't married, God's Spirit was there and He created you and He Knitted you together and listen, he doesn't make junk. He doesn't make junk and he doesn't mean make mistakes. You, no person, was ever an accident or a mistake. Your identity then doesn't come from the parents that you were born to. Your identity comes from the one who formed you and knit you together in your mother's womb. He says, I praise you because I am, the King James Version says, fearfully and wonderfully made. I think it said here, it said something about your your workmanship is marvelous. You are you made me so wonderfully complex. And that is so true. When you look at the human body, and when you look at the way we've been created, we are complex he- beings. Um, I was we were talking to I was talking to Ainsley the other day, she got a paper cut or something, and I was telling her, I said, you know what? God created your body to be able to heal itself. We're gonna pray and it's gonna heal, but you were created your body. The moment you got that paper cut, your body went into action to create and heal itself because that's how God created you. Isn't that amazing that God did that for you? If you go and break a bone today no doctor can heal your broken arm the only thing that you can do is you can set that arm in place but your body heals itself as long as there's the structure there that can provide the safe place for the healing to take to happen and so that's how complex God made you that he made you fearfully and wonderfully with no mistakes and no hiccups in your life so I want you to hear me this morning he made you with those blue eyes, or he made you with those green eyes. Some of y'all, he blessed you with the tall and skinny jeans and some of us he blessed with the short and squatty jeans. But he made you and he didn't make a mistake. He made you a man or a woman and he didn't make a mistake. He made you the person that you are today. But see, what happens is life happens. And what was created good in your mother's womb every now and then or or everyone at some point or another in their lives, though we were created fearfully and wonderfully by God and he never made any mistakes. See, we live in a broken world and that broken world brings brokenness on people. And so what started out as good and innocent what was knit together by God because of maybe someone else's sin or maybe even your own sin, because of the just brokenness of the world around us, because of the flawed human beings that we are, uh, what was knit together can come undone. What was brought together can fall apart. And, and, and that, can, that can cause immense emotional spiritual and physical torment in a person's life. But I want you to hear me. Just because you're broken now doesn't mean God made a mistake when he made you. Your brokenness is not because God made you broken. Your brokenness is because we live in a sinful fallen world where brokenness happens. But God made you and planned for you to be whole. He made you, he created you, and you, therefore you are deeply and infinitely valued in love. Job's friend, Elihu, and we were just did a study in Job on Sunday nights, and Elihu's the only one that kind of got it close to right in the book of Job. But he said this, he said, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Listen, the Holy Spirit created you. He was there before your mom and daddy even knew each other. And he had a plan for your life. So as I was looking at this and I was, I was considering and I was praying over you and your family and, and, and your, who was gonna hear me today, and I, I knew that the Lord had given me this word, you know, the Holy Spirit creates and the Holy Spirit created you. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say this, if, if the Holy Spirit knows how to create you, then the Holy Spirit knows how to put you back together. If he has the wisdom and the insight and the knowledge to take two cells from a mom and a dad and create an entirely different and unique human being that in just a few months' time is a complete functioning body, And he has the wisdom and the knowledge to do that in a way that there will never be another you and there never has been a you in a way that no one will ever look or act or think exactly like you do because he has made so many billions of people throughout human history absolutely unique individuals. If he has the wisdom and the knowledge, he knows how you work better than you know how you work. He knows how to put you back together when things get ripped apart at the seams. He knows where every piece fits. He knows where every detail goes. He knows how it's supposed to work together. Because in life, we find ourselves broken, and we find ourselves uh, with with these hiccups that come along, and we find ourselves where things kind of go wrong, and life happens, and sometimes it's our own fault. Sometimes it's, I, I broke myself. I made the wrong choice and I'm paying the consequences for it. Sometimes it was on me and sometimes it wasn't on you. Sometimes someone else broke you. Someone, a father or mother didn't treat you right, or a husband or wife didn't do you right, or a boss didn't do you right, and there were wounds that came on, and there was brokenness that took place, and, and all of us have experienced those seasons, but I want you to know that if you came in here feeling any kind of, whether it's just a little bit of brokenness or you feel completely shattered, however you're feeling right now and whatever's going on in your life, the Holy Spirit that's here in the room today knows how to put broken pieces back together. Isaiah said it this way. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall, look, rebuild the ancient ruins. And they shall raise up former devastations. And they shall repair ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. He's saying, the Holy Ghost has come, and he's on me. And when the Spirit comes, He finds the brokenhearted and he binds them up. He finds those that are mourning and he heals them. He finds those that are are wearing the ashes of grief and he gives them the oil of gladness. He finds those that their homes have been destroyed, their lives have been destroyed, and they're looking around and all of life is ruins. And he says, I can teach you and I can show you how to rebuild those ruins, how to rebuild those old walls that have fallen down because he is a creative spirit who knows how to put things back together. See, here at Believer's Fellowship, we are a Bible-believing church. And I believe the whole Bible, or I want to. Let me put it that way. Sometimes I struggle. Y'all ever struggle? But I want to believe the whole Bible. You know what I'm saying? And the Bible teaches us that our God is a healer, that he is a restorer of those things that are broken, that he heals and the Holy Spirit still heals today. I believe that. I and if you don't believe it, you just don't come too late to tell me otherwise because I've seen it too many times to for you to tell me it's not real. We believe that God still heals and his holy spirit still heals. And we believe that the holy spirit can heal our bodies. We believe that. We believe that miraculously things can happen that the Jesus that laid hands on people and their blinded eyes were open and he spoke to cripples and they began to walk. And the Jesus who even spoke to dead bodies and they were raised up, that that same Jesus, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he was healing back then, he's still healing today. Amen. And so we believe that the Holy Spirit can heal my body, but I want to go a little bit deeper today. And I want to say that the Holy Spirit can heal my body and my soul. I want, to, I want to talk about the inner healing that we all need. That all of us, when we come to faith in Christ, we come broken. You can't come to him any other way. If you come, I'm not, I've got it all together, and you come prideful, I don't, he won't accept you. The Bible says that. You come prideful thinking you've got it all together, he won't accept you. The only way you came to faith in Christ and the only way you came to know Christ is you came confessing your brokenness. That's the only way. Now what happens is though, we start our journey with the Lord broken and he forgives us of our sin and he begins a process of restoring us. But we don't always walk the process, do we? We have been told that all you need is to be forgiven that one time so you can go to heaven one day. And I want you to be forgiven so you can go to heaven one day. Don't get me wrong. But unfortunately, what that does is it keeps us baby Christians, doesn't it? Because it's all about, well, I'm just going to hold on until Jesus comes back or they put me in the ground. And so we walk through saved but broken still. And, and we wall off areas of our lives that we're like, okay, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sin so I can go to heaven, but I would rather you not deal with my wounds because that hurts. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'd rather you not peel back that bandage because I'm afraid it might hurt. I'd rather you not deal with that issue because that, you know, I, I'm kind of happy with my scarred over issues and I'd rather not deal with that. But if you want to grow and you want to really live, the way God intended you to live. He wants you to be fearfully and wonderfully made and fearfully and wonderfully put back together. He wants to heal and restore. Psalm 147, verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Psalm 30, verse 2, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. This isn't, I want you to notice these these psalms, the Psalmist isn't talking about necessarily physical sickness. He's talking about my heart was broken and you healed me. First Peter two, verse twenty four, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that he might die to sin and live to right- that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And then James chapter five, verse thirteen. Is anyone among you suffering? Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone among you sick? And I did a word study on that word sick. And that's a big word. I mean, it's, it's only a few letters, but it's a big meaning. And it, it, it means physically ill, yes. But it's talking about spiritually powerlessness as well. Morally weak or incapable. It's brokenness. Is anyone of you broken? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is broken. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. It is a basic tenet of our Christian faith that God created his creation good. And that through sin that good creation was corrupted. And that includes you, and that includes me. But the gospel is that God sent his son to heal the creation that had been broken by sin. And whether it's the sin of our own or a sin of someone else, we all bear the scars of some kind of brokenness. And in the school of the spirit, I wanna, I wanna take us to a place where we get a little bit more comfortable talking about the inner healing that we need, talking about the the deeper things that we need to deal with. Some, Some common inner healing or emotional healing issues that come up are things like on this screen right now. Father wounds, that's a big one. Something like, I think the recent statistic was over 50%, I think it was even closer to 60% of young people in America today grow up without a father in their home. And that wounds young people. Um, Or father was in the home, but there are still some wounds that you carry. And something about fathers can really bring a wound to a person's life. And if that's you today, I, I want to pray for you to be healed. Father wounds, uh, fear and anxiety, that's an emotional issue. And I know you can go to the doctor and you can get your medicine for it. And if you need to go to the doctor, you go. I, I'm not saying we don't believe in that. Go. God, all healing comes from God. God uses medicine all the time. But I believe there's a deeper spiritual issue going on if fear and anxiety is, is, is ruling over your life. And we want to pray for you suicidal thoughts. I understand the science and the medicine, or I, I understand a little bit of the science and the medicine, that clinical depression is real and chemical imbalances are real, but I want to tell you, there, there is a spirit influencing those chemicals and there is, a, there is a spiritual battle going on as well as a medical battle in things like depression and suicide. And I want to pray for people and I want to see them healed and I want to see them delivered. Anger issues. I'm going to get to yours in a minute. Don't you worry. Anger issues, y'all. Anger is a spiritual thing. Did you know? Listen to me. Now, somebody's going to get free right here. Nobody can make you angry. See, if when you say, Oh, you made me angry, you have just made yourself a slave to that person. No, anger is a choice. And sometimes it's the right choice. But even in the midst of the anger, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. You can get control of your anger. And it's a spiritual thing, and the Holy Spirit can help you with that. Um, Addiction, spiritual issue. I know that there's there's a whole thing about genetics, and there's a whole medical model and a disease model for that. And there's some good in there, but there's also some really bad stuff in that kind of model. And I want to tell you, there's a spiritual issue going on. Anyone that's addicted to anything, you're trying to fill a void in some way that God wants to fill, but you're filling that void with something else. I'm getting to yours. Sexual perversion or lust. Or I want to add, I should have added this in there, or confusion. That's a, there's a spiritual issue going on that the Holy Spirit wants to heal and wants to bring you about to that place where you are functioning as a fearfully and wonderfully made human being who has the right attractions and the right desires, and not every attraction is right, and not every desire is right. I know the world says, follow whatever your attraction is and follow whatever your desire is, but no, you can't do that. That will lead to destruction. God is saying, I've created you in a certain way. Confusion has come in. Influences have come in that have confused you and, and even caused, you know, perverse things in your life. But the Holy Spirit, He can bring you back. He still loves you. And I want to hear that. If you're struggling with that today, if you're struggling with confusion, if you're struggling with lust, if you're struggling with perversion, listen, it doesn't make you any less loved. And if, and if we were all honest in the room, there'd be more hands raised on this one than probably any other one. So you're not alone. It's getting deep in here. Demonic oppression. We don't talk about that a lot, do we? We don't talk about that a lot. We, you know, but, but it's a real thing. That sometimes the, the enemy just assigns a specific attack against you and your life. But my Bible says that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so you can have victory over that today. Trauma. And it goes right along with the physical or sexual abuse that's going on. Some of you, whether it was abuse or whether it was a bad car wreck, we had a friend that they were just, their house was uh, destroyed in a tornado and she dealt with intense uh, PTSD after that. And it it was nobody's fault. It was just, it was a freak thing that happened, but was crippled by fear and anxiety, crippled by PTSD. It was just trauma that caused a wound in her life or abuse, or or physical, or sexual abuse. And listen, I, I know that's not kind of something we want to talk about either, but the statistics say one in four men in America have been abused sexually, and one in two women in America have been abused. And we don't talk about it, and we don't pray for people. Listen, God wants to bring healing and wholeness into your life. And these issues, past experiences with witchcraft and the occult. See, we, we treat that like a game. Oh, go get your little crystals and go play with your Ouija board. Listen, don't play with that stuff. That opens your heart and your mind up to all kinds of things. And then you know, I, I have I've worked with people that struggled with sleep and struggled with dreams and nightmares. And as we started began to talk more and more and and kind of try to figure out what's going on and they were seeing a doctor too and all the stuff and taking the medicine but what it what it came down to was they were regularly practicing occult and witchcraft practices and it was messing with their mind and it does it opens your mind up to all kinds of stuff you say oh that's not real that's not that's that's spooky stuff that's listen only in america do we say that's not real The rest of the world knows this stuff is real. We're the only ones dumb enough to not believe it. And when we kind of pretend and play it, oh, it's just a game, it's just silly, you open yourself up and you gotta be careful about what you allow in. But if you've had that experience, if you've dabbled in that, if you are right now, the Bible says you can be free from it. I love in Acts chapter, I think it's 19, Paul is in Ephesus and all these people, they bring their magic books and they bring all their occult stuff and they just have a big bonfire and they throw it all in the fire and they all get delivered from this demonic oppression that's on them. We can go start a fire outside today. I'm great with that. I want you to be free. I want you to be healed. Divorce. The Bible says that, that God hates divorce. I want you to hear this carefully. He hates divorce, not divorce people. And it says he hates divorce. If you go and read the scripture, he says he hates divorce because it does violence. He hates divorce because of how it does violence to your life and your heart and your soul. He loves you, but he hates what divorce did to you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants to put you back together after that divorce. Rejection, abandonment. Some people struggle with that. And you had someone that rejected you, a spouse, a parent, whatever it might be. And, and, and God, you're, you're carrying those wounds. And you might have found a good way to hide them and cover them up. And you might have found a good mask to wear. But they're there and you're carrying them. And God wants to heal you. Church hurt. I've heard it say there's no hurt like church hurt. And I don't know if that's true because I've experienced some other hurts pretty bad. But it is, it is spiritually traumatic when the place that's supposed to be the safest place in the planet for you becomes hurtful. And, and God wants to heal you. And he wants you to know the church might have hurt you, but that wasn't Jesus. That was a church that was full of imperfect people because every church is. And God wants to heal your brokenness. So this is what we're dealing with today. Today It's going to be fun because I believe that the Holy Spirit brought some people here today who need a deep work of the creative spirit to bring healing in your life. So here's how we're going to do it. Will you put that slide up about prayer, the last one? I don't know if it's the last one, but the one that the four things, yeah. This is how we're going to pray for emotional healing or inner healing for you today because the creative spirit is here. The one who created you knows how to put your brokenness back together. But the first thing, remember I told you he won't receive anyone prideful. If you come and you say, I don't need it, you won't get it. It's that simple. And you will walk out with the same wound that you carried in because you can handle it. But if you come and you will honestly be honest with yourself and honest with God about your need in whatever area, maybe it was one of those I talked about, maybe there's others, if you'll be honest about it, the Lord will meet you today, and he'll begin to work in you. I'm not promising, and I want to be clear about this, I'm not promising instant results at the altar today. I'm promising the beginning of a healing work in your life can start today. Some of you, it might be instant. You could leave completely burden-free. I mean, I've seen God do that. In an instant, people pray through at the altar, and I mean, they're just, they're just a different person after that moment. But I have found that most of the time it's a process, and it starts with, God, I need you. I'm tired of carrying this wound on my own, and I'm putting a Band-Aid over it, and I'm trying to deal with it myself, but I, I need supernatural help. So you start with just acknowledging it. If your own sin or your own choices, if it's a self-inflicted wound, wound then the next thing is, I'm going to repent of that. Repent doesn't mean just I'm sorry. Repent means I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm hurting myself. Now, again, this is just if. If it's a self-inflicted thing, you've got to deal with it today. If you want to be free, if you want to find healing, you've got to deal with the self-inflicted wounds that you're carrying. And then I want us to pray specifically, and I want you to pray. Don't, don't, we're not going to pray, Lord, help me bear this burden. We're not going to pray, Lord, help me, help me just get through. We're going to pray specifically for total victory today. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying you won't ever, you're you're gonna, it's not gonna be a burden anymore, though it's gonna be a testimony. When you say, I, I'm giving this to the Lord, and I'm going to pray specifically. You're going to pray specifically. My daddy said this to me when I was a child, and I've been carrying it all these, these years, and it has been a burden to me and a wound to me. But God, I know your word says this about me, and you are my perfect heavenly father. So Lord, would you heal me of that wound inflicted by those words and heal me with your words? We're going to pray specifically today. And then, and then you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to shut the door. Listen, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to say this part of my life is over and dealt with and done. Not that we don't, like I said, it's just not something you carry anymore. It's a testimony, and it's something you can share with other people, and it's a part of your life. It doesn't go away, but now it's no longer ruling my life. It's no longer defining who I am. This isn't me. This wound isn't me. This trauma isn't me. This issue isn't me because God has dealt with that, and now look who I am. He has put me back together, and if God can do it for me, God can do it for you, and that's what we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would do today.